We all say we want to have a blessed life, but what does that really mean? Is it simply having a nice car, a big house, new clothes? What if a blessed life isn't what you think? What if it's more about what you give away than what you hold on to? What if it's more about the contents of your heart than the contents of your bank account? How do we really live the blessed life? Hey, we've been talking about the blessed life and I feel blessed. Don't you feel blessed? We are blessed people. I'm so grateful you're here today. I'm glad to see you. I want to welcome those who are worshiping with us online. Did y'all show each other your dental work today? Did y'all do that yet? Well, you don't have to stand up or anything, but just look at the person next to you and show them your dental work real quick. Just go ahead and do that. If you're single, this could be your chance right here, you know, depending on how good that dental work looks. I'm glad that you're here. This service has already been great. Hey, now, I'm tempted to just have a prayer and close, not preach. Don't get too excited. I'm not going to do that, okay? But listen, Farrah came up here and shared, did such a good job. Two weeks from today, Farrah is going to be preaching. Farrah in the house. She's going to be preaching in here. She's going to be preaching at 9 and at 10.15. I'm going to be preaching out at the beach at Sharky's. I don't get out there enough. I really don't. I try to get out there more. We have a beach service out there, but I'll be out there at 8.30 uh, on that Sunday before Thanksgiving. And so I asked Farrah if she would preach here, and I'm looking forward to hearing what she's got to say. I'm going to be watching her online. I'm going to be driving north then. I'm going to be heading out of town and I'll be able to watch that and listen to it. But I hope that uh, today you're here and you're feeling blessed. I've been preaching on, on the blessed life, and we've got five weeks, six-week series. This is the fifth of six, uh, and then we move into Thanksgiving and then into Advent. So, um, uh, you know, today I want to ask you a question, and I want you to really think about this, and I want you to ask God to really show you the truth, because sometimes if you ask yourself a question, you just answer yourself, and you don't even think about it. I mean, who's going to hold you accountable, right? <clears throat> I'm just thinking. And so I want you to really think about this, maybe even pray about it. Am I generous? Ask yourself, that: am I generous? You know, and, and maybe you might ask somebody who's close to you. But really, just ask God about it as well, because we want to be generous, but maybe we think we're generous and we're not. If we are, it's something to celebrate. If we're not as generous as we maybe we'd like to be, then maybe it's something we can look at and be more a part of. Now, in John, the 12th chapter, it says this. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took out a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of that perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It's worth a year's wages. Now, he did not say this. This is amazing to me. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, as a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Doesn't that just blow your mind? you got to have a lot of guts to rob Jesus' money bag. I mean, you're one of the disciples, right? Can you, did you notice that in Scripture? I mean, that's just kind of making me nervous. I'm just reading it. I'm just thinking lightning's going to strike, right? He actually took money out of the offering 
that was given. Now, there are two questions I want to ask you this morning. Why would Mary give such an extravagant gift? And secondly, why would Judas get so upset about it? You see, there are two different hearts displayed between Mary and Judas, okay? One displays a heart of generosity, and one displays a heart of selfishness. And when I ask, am I generous, I'm asking in the first person because I want you to ask yourself in the first person, am I generous? And there are three things about generosity today. First is this. First, the enemy of generosity is selfishness. Now, generosity, I want you to think about this. This is a really good way to remember. Generosity begins with a G. G. I'm glad... I'm glad one of you can spell. Generosity begins with a G. And then what's the other thing? We see selfishness begins with an S. S, okay? God is generous. Satan is selfish. Did you ever think about that? that that's, that's right. Wow. That's the truth. It's the truth. It's just right there. It's so plain. Now, listen. Everybody here was born selfish. Aren't you glad? First thing in the morning, I'm just going to insult you right here when we get started. Think about it. Look at the person next to you and say, you were born selfish. Go ahead and tell them that right now. Go ahead and tell them. Now listen, don't enjoy that too much because they're saying it right back to you, okay? But, but you and I, we were all born selfish, but we were born again generous. How about that? Now, that's stuff you can remember. You ought to jot that down. And so one of the words, the first words that a child learns, if there's more than one child in the house and there are siblings, one of the first words that those children learn are this word. Mine! That's what they say. And they say it, yeah, that's the way they say it. And it just goes, this nerve goes up your back, and it just goes, where is that coming from, and how can I stop it? It's terrible. And a parent who has that noise coming from the house, they'll go look for that child, and normally it's a younger child, and the older child has something that they want. And they say, mine, mine, mine. And at that point, every parent comes to a place where we no longer care about justice, we just want quiet. That's the truth. Just make that noise stop. Get me some earplugs, something to help me out. And so we end up saying to the older child, just give it to her. But, Dad, it's really mine. I don't care. She's got my stuff, too. Just give it to her. Who cares? We've got this word, mine. Now, here's what I want you to know about this word. God knows that word, too. And God wants us to grow up and grow into faith with him knowing that he says something belongs to him. He says it's mine when he refers to his tithe. It's mine, he says, don't you touch it. It's an amazing thing. Judas makes this statement. Why wasn't it sold, the money sold and given to the poor? Have you ever heard somebody say that before? You know, why, why did they do that? Why did they waste that? Why didn't they do the right thing with that? That was what you might perceive as extravagant, right? We might say, how could anybody in good conscience drive a car that's that expensive? Or how could anybody in good conscience have a purse like that? Do you realize? And then, and it's extravagant when we look at it until we get a car like that or a purse. And then it's not extravagant anymore. Have you ever noticed how that works? 
this neighborhood is extravagant. And then you get into it and you go, no, it's pretty good. I like it actually. It's okay. It, because here's what we do. We're so busy looking at other folks and judging them, we don't ever take time to think about ourselves. And so, you know, we need to stop looking at other folks. God is just asking us about our heart. And what we need to say, a lot of times when people say that, that's envy and that's jealousy and that's selfishness dressed up in religious superiority. And Judas had the same spirit. I'm happy for people. I really am. I'm happy. I celebrate with people. There's people who are in the church where I serve. They build a new house, get a new car, whatever. I go see it. I go look at it. I say, man, this is great. Sometimes they ask me to bless it for them. I'm tickled pink for them. I really am. And, and I hope that when I get one, they'll be tickled for me too. I don't know. But, but you know, we ought to celebrate those things with folks. The definition of extravagant is more than you have. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. It really is. And, and so, well, that's extravagant. Well, it might be until you get it, and then it's okay then, right? And so we always want to point to somebody else. A preacher told this example one time. He said that he had a preacher friend come to town to visit, and he was preaching for him while he was there. He said, I was taking this guy out to my house, and as I was driving along, we passed this big, nice home along the way. Had a big lake out in front of it. It was really nice. And the, the buddy, the guy that was in the car, looked at that house and he said, look at that, look at that, look at that place there. Man, that is some show place, isn't it? And the pastor said, well, you know, actually, I know the guy who lives there. He's a member of our church and he's a very generous person and I really appreciate him. And the pastor looked at me and he said, the, the guy who was driving the car, he looked at the guy driving the car and he said, you know, he ought to sell that and give it to the poor. And so the guy who was hosting him said, well, you don't care about the poor. He said, what? He said, if you did, you'd sell your house and give it to the poor then. You know, why don't you just take care of yourself? And by the way, he said, there was one person who made that statement in the Bible, and it was Judas, and he's the one that betrayed our Lord. And the visiting pastor said, I'm sorry, you're right. You're right. I've got the wrong attitude. See, as long as we look at what somebody else is doing, then we don't have to look at ourselves. But today I want us to look at ourselves, and I want us to answer the question, am I generous or am I selfish? Here's another thing. Judas took care of the money box. Isn't that amazing that Jesus gave him that responsibility? You think about Jesus giving him, I mean, Jesus knew about it, and it let he, yet he let him take care of it. How do we know that Jesus knew about it? Because he said, did I not choose you 12? This is Jesus speaking, and one of you is a devil. Why did Jesus give Judas the money box? Well, he didn't do it because he wanted him to fail. He did it because he wanted to give him a chance to succeed. He wanted him to do the right thing. See, God tests us. He gives us a little bit so he can see what we'll do with it, and then he might give us more and bless us because of that. You see, what he's trying to teach us is to trust him, to put him first in our lives. So why did Jesus choose Judas? Because he wanted him ultimately to succeed. The Bible tells us he was a thief, and God says in Malachi that people who don't tithe are stealing from me. Now let me ask you a question this morning. We, we used to pass the baskets, you know, for people to give. That was B.C., before COVID, right? And so we used to do that. Now we don't do that. When you leave, there's a place for you to give on your way out, right? But we used to do that. Now, if we pass the, the baskets today 
and it came by. How many of you might put something in there? Did y'all understand the question? I'm just, <laughs> just, I'm just trying. You might put something in, okay? Okay, there's a reason I'm asking you this. Try, to, try not to sleep until it's over, okay? And then you can take a nap. Okay, here's the thing. But how many of you would take something out of the basket? You know, I, I, somebody almost raised their hand in the last service. I'm going, I'm not too sure about these people. They're either <laughs> sleeping or they're not too bright. I don't know what it is. But you wouldn't do that, would you? Because that would be stealing. And yet there is money in the bank account that you have that belongs to God, and it's the same thing. You keep it as well, don't you? Do you ever think about that? Now, second, generosity is extravagant. The reason I say extravagant is because God is extravagant. When it was time for God to give, what did he give? He gave the most extravagant gift he could give. He gave his son. There's nothing more valuable, nothing more precious than his son, right? And that's what he gave. And he wants us to be like him. Did you know the Bible is filled with extravagance? Did you know that? If you took what David gave in his day, and compared it with resources today, what money is worth today, he would have given the equivalent of $21 billion. That's the kind of generosity that he showed. You talk about a man after God's own heart. That's generosity. But you know what? There's another extravagant gift in the Bible. Do you know what it is? The widow's might. Because she gave everything she had. That was extravagant too, wasn't it? What about Mary? She gave 300 denarii one time. Daenerys would be a whole day's wages. 300 would be a way like saying that they gave their whole annual income. But now, if you gave your annual income to God, that would be extravagant, wouldn't it? Just one lump sum, sure it would. And, and that's what she used to buy that perfume, and that's what she poured on Jesus' feet. Why would she do that? I mean, it's just poured out on his feet, and it's gone. It always makes sense to be generous to God because God is generous to us. Actually, he's more than generous. God is extravagant. You could give a gift to God, but God has everything. Do you ever think about it? Do you ever try to buy something for somebody who has everything? You talk about somebody who has everything. God has everything. What does God need? What could you give God to impress him. I mean, he's the one who owns everything. One time, a guy got to heaven, and he snuck in a suitcase with gold bars in it. And when St. Peter looked at it, he said, Really? You brought asphalt? <laughs> okay, for those of you who are not aware, you, there's a thing called the Bible, and you can read it, and it says the streets are paved in gold. Look at the person next to you and say, I didn't know that, did you? Because apparently you didn't know that when I told you, all right? And there's just rubies and emeralds and diamonds laying around. And the gates are pearly gates. They're made of pearl. And God, you know, he's got everything. Is there anything you could give God to impress him? Yeah, there is. There is something. It says in 2 Corinthians, they gave themselves first of all to the Lord. They gave themselves. God wants you look at the person next to you and say, God wants you, because he really does. God really loves you. The Old Testament says God rejoices over you. And so he wants you to give him your heart. Now, don't tell me that you've given God your heart if you won't give him any resources. Because Jesus said in Matthew, where your treasure is, 
there your what? Will be also. And so if you, you give to the ones you love, actually, when God gets our heart, he gets our treasure too, doesn't he? Now, there are three levels of giving I'm going to teach you today. You may not be aware of this, okay? I'm going to tell you about it. First level is God's tithe, okay? The first 10% that God gives us, we give back to God. It belongs to him, and he says it's mine, right? And then there's offerings, offerings and gifts. That would be the second area. We can give offerings and gifts above that first 10% that we give to God. But then there can be extravagant offerings as well. Every gift in Scripture falls under one of those three categories. In the Bible, people gave God his tithe, then they gave gifts and offerings, but then some gave extravagant offerings. Now, here's what I told you that for. Did you know that most people never get to that first level of giving? Most people never do that. Only 5 to 7% learn to tithe from their gross income and give back to God through the church, and it's undesignated. I say it's undesignated because we don't designate the tithe. It belongs to God. We give it to God. We trust God with it. We ask him to use it how he will, but we don't designate. Now, if you want to designate, then you give above and beyond the tithe, and that's what you designate, okay? But the tithe belongs to him. 93 to 95% of all believers never get to the first level of giving. But if you ever get to the first level of giving, you'll move to the second and the third level of giving because it breaks the curse and God generously blesses you. And it's easier for you to give and to give extravagantly. Now, third, generosity is rewarding. The same story is told in John 12 is also told in Matthew and Mark. And Mark, it says this, Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. You see, Jesus said, when Mary gave so extravagantly, from now on, we're going to be talking about Mary doing that. Well, we're still talking about her today. It's in the Bible. We look at it. We learn from it. We study it. And he said, she needs to be held up. We need to see that as an example because that's the way we need to be. Mary was rewarded. She didn't come to get something. She came to give, and she gave it faithfully. Now, why did Judas get so upset at Mary's gift? Because he was a thief who stole from God. Why did Mary give such a generous gift? Because two weeks earlier, her brother Lazarus died, and Jesus came and raised him from the dead. If you had a family member who died, and Jesus came and raised them from the dead, wouldn't you be generous too? Wouldn't you be extravagant? Let me ask you, if Jesus had brought one of your family members back to life, do you think you'd be grateful? And that might be a chance for you to give back to God because you're grateful. When I say one of your family members, let me remind you that if you and I believe in Jesus, we will be raised from the dead. Well, we got something to be thankful for, don't we? If we got family members who are Christians and friends, she did not come for reward. She came because she wanted to give. Generosity is when you give not expecting anything back. Selfishness is when you give thinking that God owes you something. Now, in Hebrews, it says this, And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Without what? 
Without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. Does it take faith to tithe? To put God first and say, now, Lord, I'm going to ask you, you give me everything I've got. I'm going to ask you to take your tithe. I'm going to give it to you because you see, you've taught me it's yours. I trust you. And I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to do it in faith, and I'm going to ask you to help me be a good steward and to manage the rest of the resources. And I'm going to ask you to bless them so that I might be able to meet my other obligations, to look at my budget, to do it wisely, to make plans for it, and then to practice it, to put it into practice. And if you don't have faith, it's impossible to please God. And so God wants us to live out our faith. That's just one way that we can do that. Why does he want us to do that? Because it teaches us to trust him. And when we learn to trust him with that area, we might trust him elsewhere. We trust God with our salvation, where I'm going to spend eternity. Do you think God can be trustworthy with resources too? <laughs> I can't, you know, Lord, I trust you about going to heaven. It's just the money. I'm really hung up on the money part. I'm not so sure that you know how to handle that. Because, you know, I've been trained and I've gone to these counselors and they've taught me what to do. Maybe I should show you how to do it. You know, it's just so foolish for us to think that way. God rewards us because he's a rewarder for our generosity. He blesses us in finances. But in Genesis 12, it tells us where our reward is. He says, our reward is with him. As a Christian, our reward is with him. Ask yourself, what do my offerings say about my level of gratitude to God? Am I grateful to God? Because if you're grateful, you're generous. If you love somebody, you're grateful. If you're grateful, you're generous. And you want to show them that you love them, and you want to show them that you're generous. We all battle selfishness. Gener generosity must be overcome and overcome selfishness in us because real generosity is extravagant. Now, we're going to move to communion. Now, what I want you to do is take out your cup and your wafer that you received, and I want you to turn it where the wafer is on top, and I cannot emphasize this enough. Please pay attention. Listen to me when I tell you to put the wafer on top. And we're going to prepare our hearts now to receive communion. Let me just say to you that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he blessed it and he passed it around to his disciples and said, take this and eat it. This is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. And so he did and they received it. So I'll ask you to go ahead and open it up and receive the wafer now, the body of Christ. And then also he took the cup and he blessed it and he passed it to his disciples and take this and drink it. This is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. He said, do this in remembrance of me. All right, take it and drink it. Now let me tell you something while you're doing that. There's an invitation. You're invited to do that and as you do it, there's confession. So what I want to give you a minute to do just where you're seated is I want you just to confess to God anything you feel led to confess. Just talk to him, pray with him. God already knows our sins. He cast them as far as the east is from the west. And so we just say, Lord, please forgive me of my sins. And I accept the invitation. I receive now the communion that we've just taken. I receive it and I thank you. Now, the third thing is there's an invitation, there's confession, there's thanksgiving. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. 
Thank you for being the one who paid for my sins. Thank you for doing what no one else could do. Because of you, I have a relationship with you and the Father and the Spirit, and I can live forever for all eternity with you. I am so grateful. I just want to thank you. And then there's a fourth thing. Invitation, confession, thanksgiving, application. Now, what am I going to do differently because I've been with God in his house today? When I leave this place today, how am I going to be an example to other people? How am I going to show God my love? How am I going to show other people my love? How am I going to live in such a way that I'm a blessing to other people? One time I visited a church in Birmingham, Alabama. It had a sign. It said, Servants Entrance Above the Door. And it said, Servants Exit Above the Door. And I just thought that was way cool. And I got up in church and I told the folks at the church I was serving about it. And that week I walked out of my office and looked and somebody had slipped in there while I wasn't paying attention and they had put up that sign out front, servant's entrance and servant's exit. And I thought to myself, I better be careful what I say because they put it up and they did it. The real service doesn't begin at 1015. The real service begins when we leave today. Because we've been in the presence of God. We've communed with God. And we've heard his word. And we've sung songs to praise him. And we've celebrated. And we've prayed. And now, now we go back into a world and there's a lot of people out there who are lost. There are people who are far from God. There are people who need to know him. And it's a chance for us to go out and do something. And then there's one other opportunity for us. Right here in these baskets, this is where we have the We Care offering. The We Care is a ministry to our food pantry. We have a temporary building, and I'd like to build a permanent building, and someday we might do that, and we'll talk about that some more, and we'll, you'll hear more about it. But you know what? There's no paid employees in We Care. It's all volunteers. Did you know that because of your generosity, we receive over $70,000 a year that just goes into the We Care ministry? It's not even in the budget. It happens when you come up here and put money in that on Sunday when you receive communion. First Sunday you come and receive a meal, you bring a meal for somebody else. You bring food in when you come. You take it to the food pantry and you just ask God to multiply it and bless it. And it's a privilege to do it. And, and you know, we it started out in a closet. We had a couple of lay people and they had a vision for what it could be. And now we have a temporary building, but someday we'd like to have a permanent building to take care of that. So pray about that, would you? We'd like to have a, another preschool wing. That, we we got to get an architect in here and develop a master plan because there's some things we feel called of God to try to take care of. And that could be some of those things that we could build. And, and to, to, all because we need it, not because we want to show off, but because we, that's why you always build something is because there's a need, right? So today, any money that you put here goes to the We Care Fund. I want to thank you in advance for it. And then when you leave today, God's tithe, and, and, and our gifts and offerings, we can put them out as we go, as we go out the door. There'll be somebody there. There'll be a place there for you to make a contribution. Everybody understand how it works? So I, I'll invite you if you want to. You don't have to do it right now. But if you want to and you want to do that, you can do it after the service. But if you want to, you can come up and just slip it in there now. Maybe we might play a little music while we're doing that of some sort and, uh, and just let people, if they want to do that real quick. And then... Um, once you've done that, we'll wrap up the service and you can come up and do it then. People at the first service, I just started talking about it, and they just started coming up and doing it. So there, okay? But, uh, but you can do it. All right.